When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. It is Fitstairs Edge Rush time, week 18. The chaos of week 18. Always ridiculous, even more so this year. Me, Propo, Ben are going to wade through it and give you a lot of game predictions, our favorite picks, and try and decipher some of the nonsense and the madness. We, of course, make Edge Rush in association with our partners at Fitstairs, who offer more ways to bet than any other bookie. If the prop's not listed, you get in touch with them on live chat they'll give you a price that's why propo loves them more than basically anything else in the world i think he loves fit stairs uh 21 plus be gambleaware.org get involved with that and do it in moderation right we're going to get straight down to business and our week 18 picks sit back and relax me ben propo let's go fellas 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 good to see you both week 18 how do we get here so quickly ollie thornton how do we get here so quickly yeah i have absolutely no idea and also We've got to week 18 and we have mm. potentially the worst list of quarterbacks playing in the NFL that I might <laughs> have ever seen. And that's saying something considering uh, the list of quarterbacks we've had for the majority of this season. You know what? Ben Isaacs was scheduled to play week 18, but he's got a rib injury, uh, which we've just been talking about before we started <laughs> recording, uh, which means that, Ben, it's going to be difficult for you to laugh, definitely to breathe. And um, you're also, as you've indicated to us, quite possibly heavily strung out on opiates. Yeah, but Baker Mayfield got a rib injury and mm. I think the Bucks are going to beat the Panthers. So maybe I just need to just Ooh. stop moaning about my ribs. Uh, if, if Baker can do it, and Baker's the last person who's going to get strung out on opiates. So... <laughs> That's, there's an off-season show right there. Yeah. Qu- yeah. Quarterbacks most likely to get strung out on yeah. opiates. Mm. Um, Let's take a look at this. So uh, as Propo suggested, let's lead off with this. I mean, it's a it's, week 18 is always odd, right? Because there are a couple of, as there are this time around, we should point out, really, really fascinating, crucial play in, take the division kind of games. We love those, everything on the line games, right? And there are often a lot of dead rubbers, right? Because teams know either they've made the playoffs, it won't really affect the seed, or if it does affect the seed, they're not really bothered. So starters get rested or they've locked in the number one seed in the case of the Ravens. So they're going to rest Lamar. We get this always happens a little bit week 18 <laughs> this is off the charts all right so we have in no particular order blaine gabbert versus eastern stick that might be my personal favorite by the way disgusting disgusting jeff driscoll who <laughs> versus jake browning um we've got a wentz donald 2018-17 throwback i'm excited about that and the rams 49ers um, Nick Mullins is going to be suiting up again. He's been seeing a bit of action, not altogether successfully, uh, for Minnesota against Detroit. Uh, this this is a goodie. Trevor Simeon versus Bailey Zappi. Oh, <laughs> that might be. Okay, there's as we're not... going through, you're going to rank the worst matchup. Oh, right? so there's we... not enough codeine in the world for me to watch some of these games. Ben's going to love that. It's going to be like 
Ben's own Nickelodeon NFL <laughs> version right there as he's, Ow. As he's uh, freaking out. Um, we've got Tyrod Taylor in action for the Giants. Uh, Tyrod's a solid, solid. I, I don't think he really counts on this this list. Um, Mason Rudolph, Tyler Huntley. Um, and then Jarrett Stidham, Aiden O'Connell in the Denver-Vegas game. Am I missing any? I think that's every, everything. I think that's every single yeah. one. I think what we're going to get is Ben is going to accidentally, because he's going to be so high on Codeine, he's going to accidentally mm. watch the Jets versus Patriots game and Zappi versus Simeon. And then he's going to do his own Antonio Brown and just take his top off and run out of his house. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> game. That's such a good point, because Ben also has his um, cryogenic chamber at home as well. <laughs> the parallels, uh, the parallels it's just a very on. cold room. That's all it is. <laughs> so what do we think is the what is the worst one there is it Simeon Zappi gonna... Simeon Zappi yeah, the over under is yeah. 30 and a half which I think is like one of the seventh Zappi. lowest totals I... in the history of the NFL and what's interesting is that um, I think we're going to end up being one off the record of the most the 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 highest number of people starting at quarterback during an NFL season I think we're one off the record but I don't think that tells the whole story because what I would need to see is how many games in total have been started by backups because it feels like such a huge number. It's yeah. one thing if you lose a quarterback for one game and someone comes in or you're you're blooding a rookie who at, near the, at the end of the season when there's nothing to play for. But this has been just week after week, just necessity, just throwing guys in. And I've talked before about how there hasn't been enough of a steady stream over the last couple of seasons of high-level quarterbacks coming in from college who've made that step up. And I think the dam is going to burst and we're going to get a lot in. I think a lot of it is down to COVID and due to um, people staying in college longer. But we are seeing right now the worst selection of quarterbacks in the NFL since the dawn of the forward pass. It is horrendous. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from these guys. These are still, in terms really? of... In, <laughs> what I mean is, I'm not I'm not trying to say like, oh... Oh, you know, I, I could do better than these guys. No, I can't. These are still, in terms of athletics, these are elite athletes. They might not be elite NFL quarterbacks, but these are elite athletes. These are people who've done enough to get an NFL contract and play in NFL games. They're still better than, you know, the vast majority of college quarterbacks. But when you see them on this sort of stage, especially when you have a situation where you've got an elite quarterback against a low-level backup, it is brutal seeing that difference. And we know that the most important position in any sport is NFL quarterback is the hardest job to do. And if you get that, if you get that position wrong, everything is an absolute disaster. And there are just so many fascinating disasters across mm. the NFL in week 18. I'm so looking forward oh, to when the 24 games are announced, at least three of these guys are coming over at an oh. immediate day. We're going to put them front and center with Betty. Hi, hi, Jeff Driscoll. Um, just a quick, <laughs> just, a, just a quick word or two. Um, first, I want to play you uh, a little clip from a show we made back in January <laughs> for this year. And then Mike Mayock will walk up and it's all going to go chaotic. Um, all right. So ridiculous quarterback matchups, very much a theme uh, for the week let's let's try and frame the playoff picture now i know this will surprise both of you and definitely the gang at home that I, i've done a bit of research for, for for this show um uh trying to decipher this uh typically um chaotic playoff picture in the afc to start with the afc so we know who's clinched we know who's locked in right baltimore and they've obviously locked in the one miami they play buffalo to take the east and and the two seed Kansas City and Cleveland, right? They're the four that have locked in. Houston versus Indy, that's basically a play-in game. 
if the Jags win, they take the South. But mm-hmm. if they they could still drop out as well, the Bills in a that predicament where they can take the East and 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 the two seed I think is the highest seed the Bills can get. But yeah. they could also drop out completely out of the playoffs, yeah. which is nuts. The Bills need the Jags to lose to the Titans or the Steelers to the Ravens um, if uh, if things don't go their way against Miami. Uh, the Steelers have got to beat the Ravens and then hope that other results go mm-hmm. their way. So I think that kind of frames the AFC. So clearly the, the biggest game in the AFC um, is the Miami-Buffalo, well, closely followed by, by Houston Indy, right? Yeah, you guys obviously have been covering the NFL a little bit longer than me. That's just an early dig at both your ages. Yeah, um, nice. <laughs> and uh, do you ever remember a time where a team was the third favorite for the Super Bowl, but could also potentially drop out of the playoffs completely. Is that oh, what Buffalo no. are now? Third favorite? Their third favorite for the Super Bowl. Wow. I mean, they, they were my preseason pick and I thought I'd completely messed that one up. And no, I I don't remember anything like that. And I don't ever remember a situation where a team is either going to be the number two seed or out of the playoffs. Yeah. That is absolutely wild. I mean, at the start of the year, we knew that the AFC was going to be such a slugfest. They were, they were just not enough spaces for all the good teams. And some of those good teams haven't even been very good. But the idea that the Bills, who looked not quite dead and buried about sort of six or seven weeks ago, but a team that Pretty much. You, would not, you would not fear them in the playoff. You'd think, oh, that's great if they sneak into the playoff. Now, they look absolutely terrifying. This is a team that I would, I can see beating absolutely anybody. And you know yeah. what else? You know what else with the, with the Bills this week? They have, the backup is coming back, right? They've got the Cavalry arriving. Daquan Jones back in the starting lineup. There's one of the big injuries that along with Milano was cited as well. This is why they've fallen off. He got injured in London, didn't he, Daquan? Mm-hmm. And um, he's back. They're getting stronger. I think proper, we should take most of the credit for, for the Bills resurgence because we called it on this show, didn't we? Did we yeah. not call it on this show? No, we did. And I'm, I'm actually sitting here with a 33 to one Bills Super Bowl ticket as well. So I'm feeling pretty comfortable about that considering Love they're eight it. to one right now. Love However... It. However, I am slightly concerned because it does, as Ben just said, the narrative has just completely flipped on them almost too far the other way because they're mm. now the third favorite for the Super Bowl. I'm hearing, listening to podcasts, leering to the talking heads or calling them the potentially the best team in the NFL. This is a team <laughs> that relied on Bailey Zappi to essentially forget which team he was playing on last week and throw to the Buffalo Bills. They only scraped past the LA Chargers. They lost to an Eagles team that's been in free fall since then. Yes, they beat the Cowboys, but Josh Allen only managed to put up 94 passing yards in that game. And that game situation very much played into their hands. They went to the Chiefs and obviously beat them, but obviously they got an egregious call at the end, which kind of lent them to that victory. And obviously the Chiefs can barely put up points against anyone, let alone the Buffalo Bills. I'm just a little bit concerned going into this game specifically and going into the playoffs that, everyone's now too high on the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Like being yeah, third yeah. favourite and being able to potentially drop out of the playoffs going up against the Dolphins team that's obviously got the highest points per game average in the NFL is insane. That being said, obviously we should talk about a game is by far the biggest one of the week. The injuries for the Dolphins are horrendous. Yeah, I'm worried. I've got to say, we were we were chatting pre-show about our, our Drew Locks. We don't always do that, by the way. A lot of the time, actually, we haven't discussed what our Drew Locks going to be and we, we just drop out the show and sometimes... As was the case last week with hilarious consequences, we have the we had the same pick and the same bloody thing happened again today. Well, more of that in a minute. But my number two pick, because I've got a default to my to my second pick, is the Bills. Well, the, interestingly, that number has so everyone every ever I've listened to a lot of podcasts this week. Obviously, building up to this game, watched a lot of read a lot of articles. There, I haven't heard one person pick the Dolphins now. 
I don't think I've heard one person come out and say that Miami Dolphins are going to be able to win this game. Bear in mind this game's in Miami. Bear in mind this game, Miami obviously currently do lead the AFC East. I mean, the injuries are bad. Obviously, losing Bradley Chubb is massive considering they already don't have Jalen Phillips. I think I think the Waddle, Jalen Waddle, Injury is the is the real key because Tua looked completely different without him last week. Those throws over the middle, all of those interceptions, completely deteriorated this offense for the Miami Dolphins. That is massive. But that being said, it does it is a remarkable situation that we find ourselves in. That the Bills are going on the road in this game and are favorites. Yeah, you, uh, there are a couple of things around that because it's a, it's a point that Carlson makes a lot when you're talking about the most impactful home field advantages in the NFL and how that has, I guess, changed mm. um, over recent years to, to a degree, but there are certain places for differing reasons that are the hardest to go to, right? Miami often is that for, for conditions, right? And much as we said with the clear discrepancy between a team like Dallas at home and Dallas on the road, Miami are another one of those teams, right? And um, however, Reports suggest that there might be more Bills fans in the stadium than Miami. I read one article mm. that said 52% they're predicting. Certainly, there's going to be a lot of Bills mafia in, in the place. So they'll negate that that home field advantage in that respect, but still the conditions are something to, to consider. You mentioned no Bradley Chubb. That obviously is a critical thing with Allen, right? Because Allen, under pressure, in his last game, Allen didn't complete a single pass when pressured, didn't complete a single pass when blitzed, seven of 20 in the first two quarters because the pressure was coming on him. Miami are a top three side this season in sacks and top five in pressure, but no Bradley Chubb. He's got 11, six force fumbles as well for Bradley Chubb, no Phillips. It's a very different proposition than earlier on in the season when, of course, the Bills took care of that pressure anyway, right? So I think that trends nicely to... Uh, to Buffalo, uh, to Buffalo, Daquan Jones back as well in one of the strongest defenses right now in the league. Anyway, despite all of the criticism and all of the obvious problems they had earlier on in the season, since week 13, the bills have only allowed one passing touchdown since week 13. So this is inevitably going to strengthen their hand against as Propo suggests a dolphin side that it pains me to say has, has obviously lost its way a bit, particularly offensively with, the enforced injuries. Ben, I want to come to you on this, I think, crucial element as well in terms of the, the matchup. Vic Fangio, the Miami defensive coordinator, referred to uh, Josh <laughs> Allen as the new John Elway on steroids, he said. And then he quickly followed up and said, I don't mean he's taking steroids. <laughs> One of my favorite favorite media uh, follow-up lines of the season. It doesn't, so clarifying he's not taking steroids. But Ben, you probably have quite a lot of affinity right now with that. Brand you're framing Josh Allen because you you're very much like the John Elway of podcasting on steroids right now. Well, I hope it's in your case. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? I think I think people forget how good John Elway was because John Elway was definitely better than than Josh Allen is, and that's not a knock on Josh Allen. John Elway was incredible, but Josh Allen is a, is a special sort of a special sort of athlete, and. I when I'm thinking about this game, I do keep thinking about the the game they played earlier in the season where Buffalo just ran them out of the building. What looked like a really close game, what looked like it was going to be one of the games of the season, then just really went off the rails in the in the second half. I think the fact that what what teams hate is playing in Buffalo in January and playing in Miami in September. So the fact that it's the fact that those were flipped and they were able to play in Buffalo in mild weather 
and they'll play in Miami in mild weather completely levels the playing field. This is this is a playoff game for Buffalo, and it's not a playoff game for Miami. And there's a lot that can be said about motivation and do do teams really try when they when there's when there's nothing on the line and just weird things happen like look at look at Houston last season the easiest thing for them to do was just to lose that game the last game of the season get the number 1 overall pick and start to rebuild and they decided to play really hard and win it so i keep i keep looking at these i keep looking at these previews and it feels like nobody is talking about the Miami Dolphins it's almost mm. like they are not in this game it's just it's it's the buffalo bills will they will they win and that's a dangerous spot isn't it you know, it's it feels really like dangerous. a dangerous spot yeah especially when this... the numbers dropped from 3 yeah. to two and a half overnight yeah but the thing is the thing to remember is that whole narrative that's being shaped by people like us and and others the that that's not what it's going to be like in the in the building in Buffalo. You know, they are not going to be thinking, oh, okay, well, Miami don't care, and this is, you know, nobody's. They're going to be going out and winning, trying to trying to win this game because their whole season is on the line. Now they can still get in with a with a defeat. It could, it could still happen, but for me, I would not want to bet against this Buffalo team right now, knowing that a win will get them in when Miami might have players who think. Do I want to take that hit when I've got a playoff game next week? And that's the sort of thing that worries me in a game this close. I think the defense is is going to be key for the Miami Dolphins. Those injuries, ever since they've lost Jalen Phillips, obviously without Bradley Chubb now as well, they've had a massive issue. Obviously, no Holland as well going into next week. And I yeah. think that's the problem is this Bills team with the new offensive coordinator and Joe Brady, they can beat you in so many different ways. They want to run. They want to run on the uh, with James Cook. They want to get James Cook in the passing game. They've obviously got both Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid three, so they can beat you over the middle, which is obviously the Dolphins' weakness last week as well. And of course, they haven't really been utilizing Stefan Diggs as much. Yeah. We know that we know that he can obviously take advantage of the weakness in that secondary if needs be. But it has been bizarre, sort of his fall-in um, usage. And then obviously we know that Gabe Davis once in every five games just goes off for 150 yards and two touchdowns. And whether that's going to be this game or not, we are uh, we are unaware of. But we know that they have these capabilities. And I haven't even mentioned Josh Allen running on the ground. He obviously two touchdowns last week. He can break the Bills record set by he who shall not be named OJ Simpson. Uh, for most Bills touchdowns in a season. He can break that record if he gets two this week. However, I do want to put something to you guys to see if this uh, changes your mind. Yeah, Josh Allen is 0-7 against the spread in his last seven night games. Ooh. Josh Allen's scared of the dark. That's my narrative. Josh, Josh Allen's scared of the dark. Donald C. and Ghost and Josh Allen. I mean, they, they could have a conversation about that, of course. Um uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, but it is an interesting point because the, the night game, the, the flexing it to the night game negates, and you know Ben's point is very different playing in Miami in December than than September, but it does probably take out any any edge. And I had a quick look as Ben was saying that there's thunder in the air, by the way, on Sunday, but that seems Ooh. to be earlier in the day. But um, uh, okay, what game are we going to give, by the way, Chat GPT to predict? Uh, let's give Chat GPT an absolute wrong and game. I reckon just to really, really mess with its head. Let's give Chat GPT Jets Patriots. Okay, love that. All right, okay. so Betty, you're on the Chat GPT case. All right, so I am gonna heavily pencil in the Bills uh, yep. as my Drew Lock. I will, I will confirm that in due course throughout the course of the show. Um, I think for this one, I'm going to be leaning towards the under. The under is 27, 18, and two in Josh Allen's road games in his career. 
including mm. 11 to 4 to the last two seasons. I do think that these two teams are being framed in completely different ways. Like the Miami Dolphins, when they play bad teams, they completely tear them apart, as we saw yeah. against the Broncos, we saw against the Jets. When it comes to close games, we saw it against the Cowboys, we saw it against the Chiefs. The game script completely changes. They tend to lean on the run. I think they'll lean on A-chain in this game, try mm. and break them down, try and control possession. And it's the exact same with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills offense hasn't been this high-flying offense that we saw in early parts of the season where they're putting up, say, 48 points as they did against the Miami Dolphins. They're relying a lot more on the run. And with this number, being at 49 and a half potentially there being elements of weather as well I think I'll be leaning towards the under but I probably won't take it now I'll probably wait until it gets to Sunday night because you know that people are going to be leaning towards the over sort of like the average Joe kind of just wanting mm. to see Josh Allen chasing their losses <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. chasing their losses and wanting some entertainment from we'll the over. And... Uh, no he likely as well they're suggesting I mean given the fact he's still not practicing and we're recording this Friday you'd think they're going to the rest of me missed last week too um Okay, so it's, we can't get heavily like the rest of the world, it seems, on the bill. So that's definitely going to come back. I don't know. It. I don't know. Oh, you're not. Okay, I don't know. I just think that I just think that I'm and this will be a slight hedge considering that I do obviously have the bill Super Bowl ticket. But I just think that in these situations, just instinctively for me, even though that I think the Bills should win this game. Too simple, yeah. Yeah, I just think it seems too simple. I think that everyone's underestimating the Miami Dolphins a little bit too much. I think everyone's underestimating Mike McDaniels. That's locker Mm. room material, you know, clipboard material. So I think that I'm not 100% sure. I'm hoping this game gets, I'm hoping the number gets back up to three and then I'll be leaning towards the Dolphins, I think. Yeah, okay. All right, that is a fair call. Benny, are you going to go out and take any action on this? It makes me nervous, but I think think I'm leaning Buffalo. Yeah. Um. I do have ChatGPT's prediction for the Ooh. other big AFC. Right, let's game. go. Let's go to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what what is the line on that? Uh, oh. The Patriots are one and a half point favorites. Well, wow. incredible. But yeah. <laughs> well, I would say <laughs> lump on the Patriots because ChatGPT says New England twenty seven, New York Jets seventeen. Wow. There's really... no way Bailey Zappi puts 27 <laughs> points up against this Jets team. Considering that uh, Salah's probably playing for his job, I am calling out. Is, so, so the ChatGPT, if you if you back ChatGPT, take the alternate overline. Because if he's if he's saying there's going to be like 44 and a half points, you can probably get about six to one on that. You know, this Chat is GPT's like... he's a he now, apparently. If this is, Sorry, if this is Belichick's last shit. Patriots game, what a way to go. What a way for the great oh. Belichick to go out. It's like, it's like the Rolling Stones last gig being at... <laughs> Didsbury Town Hall or something. I mean, come on. Belichick can't as a support go out like act. This, can he? As a I, support act, yeah. I don't think he is going to go, you know. Mm, there seems to be a lot of a lot of traction with that, that he's going to stick around. Yeah. Why are you so convinced, though, that he's going to stick around? I think he'll stick around because I think they're in a decent rebuild spot. I think that, obviously, they had two huge defensive injuries. Christian Gonzalez, for the early part of the season, looked like a complete baller. And, obviously, they lost Matthew Judon. And this defense has actually played very well, considering the complete lack of talent on this defense. So, I think that there is potential there. And I think that they've got a potential to go out and get a decent quarterback, which they can rebuild around. I think that is the reason and I hope they just stop drafting wide receivers and they just go out in free agency and get one <laughs> yeah. and then they potentially have a good situation for Bill Belichick to completely rebuild and as you say I don't know if he'd want to go out like this the yeah. thing is if I was him I want no part of that division absolutely True. no part of it Josh Allen Tua and Aaron Rodgers yeah uh, mm, although is that I would... Aaron Rodgers potentially after his week are we going to see him back in the <laughs> yeah. NFL I'd just like to point out at this point of the show that we are huge Jimmy Kimmel fans on, <laughs> on the NC show. Shout out cousin Sal. 
Bill Simmons, that whole crew, they are obviously our spiritual partners across the pond. So, uh, yeah, bang, uh, bang out of order, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. You're fighting, I'm also a, fighting I'm also a big fan of not libeling people. Yeah, that too. In that too. such a ridiculous <laughs> way. Like, yeah. and, you know, uh, yeah, I cannot, I cannot believe that even if you're just trying to, it was, it was put down as shit talking. I don't think mm. you make those sort of comments yeah. in that sort of space on that sort of topic and just be like, oh yeah, it's just a joke. There was some previous though, obviously there was previous between the two, yeah. of them, but on that topic as well, right? So I don't know if there is some kind of case for for Aaron Rodgers just maybe be taken slightly out of con. I mean, it was ill-judged at best, right? But yes. I mean, but anyway, we're Team Kimmel. So, uh, so, so that's all I've got to say about that. Other than the amount of things that Propo has to remove that come out of Mike Carlson's mouth. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah, that's, of editing. The only thing I would say is, because obviously we haven't had the opportunity to bet on Aaron Rodgers outside of that game. Who are you, who are you taking in the, uh, what do you reckon the spread is for that uh, battle of lawyers between Kimmel and Rodgers? Probably <laughs> oh, is quite a big one. God, that's a, that's a great shout. Uh, I don't know. You've got, so obviously Kimmel's going to go big LA Hollywood lawyer. They're going to be, yeah, heavyweights, right? Um, where would well Rogers now in New York? I guess yeah, it'll be a classic East Coast oh, West Coast battle, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do you reckon <laughs> I mean, Rogers will have like a clairvoyant doing it for as him? As well, he'd have like a serious New York big corporate law firm and at least two mystics. <laughs> oh, and imagine imagine the <laughs> meetings where around. he where he brings in this kind of this sort of shaman yeah. to talk <laughs> to talk to the lawyers. Yeah. And then yeah, what he has Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb giving uh <laughs> testimony as well. They just they just stand behind him like uh Imperial Guards. <laughs> what's what's the over on the payout? Oh, oh wow. Kim, and what's the yeah, Kimmel will um insist it's donated to charity, guarantee. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm taking that. Yeah. There we go. 100%. We've solved that one. Right, let's try and solve the NFC playoff picture quickly before we make further picks. So in terms of clinching, slightly deeper field there in that the 49ers, obviously, uh, Dallas, Detroit, Philly, and the Rams, they've all clinched. They're all in. If Dallas beats Washington, they get the division as well. The Bucks are winning in, right? Again, they're against Carolina, the Bucks, the aforementioned uh, Baker Mayfield. If they beat Carolina, they take the South. If they lose, then New Orleans or Atlanta can sweep in. Uh, Minnesota versus Green Bay is winning in, right? It's playing as well, I think. Green Bay, if they win, they're in against Green, the Bears. Green Bay, if they win, they're in. Minnesota, the, the, if they win, they're the in. The Vikings right? need help. The Vikings need no. help. Oh, need help as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then Seattle could get in if Green Bay loses to Mini, and there's mm-hmm. a way that they could they could get in the mix. So there, those are the teams all kind of in the in the frame. But essentially, it's in the Bucks' control. It's in Green Bay's control um, for the final two spots, right? So if 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 they win it, they're through. If not, then other things can happen. I'm already thinking about a narrative accumulator because of how mm. much of a complete disaster the NFC South has been all season. I think that there's a way that the Atlanta Falcons, one of the worst teams in the NFL, find a way into the playoffs by the Bucks losing to the Panthers in a complete and utter Baker Mayfield meltdown. I and then this. the Falcons managing to scrape a victory against the New Orleans Saints. I just think because of the way that division has played out, People are ruling out the Atlanta Falcons. And obviously it's a massive outsider tip. Both the Falcons are underdogs against the Saints and obviously the Panthers big underdogs against the Bucks. But just the way that division has played out, I just think that we're going to get some element of madness in the They're final. They're six so, to one propo to take the division. Yeah. So yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So here's something that, that annoys me. When we get to about this point in the season or the playoffs are about to start, someone will point to 
a team in the playoff and a really bad performance they had during the season against their team. And they'll be like, oh, that team, let's say it's the Falcons. Oh, that, the Falcons are rubbish. Look how bad they were in that game. That shouldn't be a playoff team. We beat them, blah, 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 blah. Now, I watched that Bears-Falcons game last last week and the Falcons were absolutely horrendous. However, yeah. the thing is, is that they've been like that a lot this season. That is a team where you could have so many sets of fans say, how can the Falcons be in the playoffs? We killed them. They're horrendous. What are they doing? I, I'm not saying they're necessarily the worst team to ever make the playoffs if they make the playoffs, but I can't think of a team that has had so many, so many disgraceful performances during the course of a season and still be in contention at this point. The NFC South should be ashamed of itself. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not one of these people who thinks, oh, change the playoff system, just have it the best records. No, I love the idea of beating your divisional rivals, being being the champion of that area and going through. I think that's how it should be. It just happens to be that an awful team could potentially make it through in the NFC South because there are no good teams in the NFC South. It's just who will be the least bad. And the, the idea of the Falcons being the least bad, is it blows my mind. Because they're terrible. They've been terrible. They've got they've got star players, but they've been absolutely terrible. It makes me angry. I'm just looking at a list of the worst playoff <laughs> teams in history. <laughs> I've forgotten the 2016 Houston Texans led by Brock Osweiler. Oh my god. They've got to be yeah. right, they've got to be right up there. Uh yeah, I'm sure there was a on this list. Was this the, yeah, that's right. It's the 2010 Seahawks that were seven and nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but didn't they then win a playoff game? Yeah, I think they did. I think they won the yeah. first round, didn't they? And also Matt Hasselbeck, we like him. So we'll uh, we'll give him a pass on that one. That's a good one. That's another good off-seasoner. All right. Um, um, talking about the NFC here, are you guys... Uh, I'm, I think I'm a little bit surprised by the LA Rams starting all the backups. I know that they're this team that has completely sort of eradicated the preseason in terms of getting any of their starters any minutes. But at the same time, they have the potential to kind of play Detroit away if they kind of get the win over San Francisco 49ers backups instead of Dallas, which I think is quite a significant difference. I know that Dallas haven't necessarily been that convincing, but they've been mm. very convincing when they're at home. And yeah. I think it's a completely different situation going up against that pass rush for this LA Rams offensive line compared to Detroit Lions defense that has been pretty abject for the majority of the season. And when I, that secondary versus Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, mm. and the way Stafford's playing right now, I'm not even mentioning the narrative that we get if the LA Rams go into Detroit with Matthew Stafford, which would just be incredible for the neutral. But at the same time, and Jared like, Goff as well, of course, it's the and Stafford Jared Goff, Goff. Yeah, exactly. Revenge like, game. It's just it's the exact game that we all want to see. But I'm just surprised that the LA Rams are starting Carson Wentz and starting their backups, not playing Aaron Donald, going up against his 49ers team. When I would say there is quite a significant difference between the two going to Dallas and going to Detroit. It's a really fair argument. I, I guess that it's countered, obviously, with the. Uh, since the, the season's been extended and you've got a vet like Donald, superhuman that he is, yeah, just give just a, a perfect opportunity Where to you can. breathe. Right? Yeah, because as we talk about many times on the show, most players are banged up at this stage of proceedings. They're feeling it. So yeah, just just give them a bit of a breather because the I guess the impact, they will have the benefit. Um, they'll gain from that recuperation and that rest and they impact on their performance, whoever they're playing in the next game will outweigh yeah they're kind of marginal but 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 it's a fair point propo i wonder as well though with if it was a golf revenge game would golf 
rise to the occasion there or would that be in his head? I feel like it would be in his head. I feel oh, it I would think be... it'd be in his head as well. <laughs> yeah, it just, I mean, it just feels like he's one of those players. I mean, I would definitely, that would definitely be in my head. If, oh. if I was going back to a place that had, that had cast me aside, it would be in my head. If, I'm, if that game, I'm taking the over and I'm taking the Rams every day of the week. Over on I, Rams. The, the thing <laughs> yeah. is, is that I, I, I don't feel there's a huge difference between the Cowboys and Lions. I mean, I would certainly, I would certainly feel that the Cowboys is a harder game. But mm. going into Detroit or going into Dallas, not that they play in Dallas, but you know what I mean, the atmosphere at Ford Field mm. for a home playoff game, how long it's been since they won a playoff game, there'll be lots of people listening to this podcast who were not even born the last time the Lions won a playoff game or won yeah. the division. The atmosphere for that stadium hosting its first ever playoff game is going to be absolutely unreal. I don't think there will be a better home atmosphere in the playoffs than that first Lions game. I think it's going to be ridiculous. And the Rams to go in there, I don't think that's going to be fun. I'll be honest. I, I think the Lions might be a slightly weaker team than the Dallas Cowboys, but in terms of home field advantage, I think I'd 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 rather avoid playing in Detroit, to be honest. It's a really, really fair point, man. I mean, that's gonna be it's gonna be off the chart good. I mean, I love look the Rams are a really, really interesting side that we've been rooting for for much of the season. Again, partly to puff our chests out and say how smart we are because we thought they could be a an inside rail playoff team. And God, we could we could be two from two there if the Bucks win. Then we call both of those teams because at least one of them's gonna make it. Both of them, we can definitely uh, definitely claim uh, some credit for that. But the Lions, of course, every neutral in the game wants to watch them go deep. And uh, I, that's going to be really, really interesting to see how far they do get. Incidentally, before we get onto your Drew Locks, um, news that broke overnight, the Ravens signing Dalvin Cook. What do you think I about know. the... I mean, I think that just inspired, genius. Dalvin, it's going to be the 2024 playoff Lenny, isn't it? Dalvin Cook at the Ravens. Love it. Yeah, I... I... He's been such a disappointment at the Jets. They barely used him, and I'm a big fan of Dalvin Cook. And when 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 he was when he was cut, I thought well, there's only a few landing spots that would really work out for him, and this seemed top of the list. You can see him being used in effective ways. I I would not be at all surprised if he's someone who gets like three touchdowns in the postseason. I don't mean in a game, but I think he's going to be really productive. I love this for him. He's really landed on his feet. Propo, what are the odds of Dalvin Cook as Super Bowl MVP? <laughs> yeah, probably about <laughs> 80 gonna, to 100. I'm going to put a little bit on that today. I am nah, just thinking on. I mean, people are still saying that he's a dynamic playmaker. I wouldn't necessarily go that far. I mean, he failed to get any play over 15 yards this season for the New York Jets. That might be largely due to the fact the Jets are horrendous and they have a terrible offensive line. Yeah. And at the same time, don't have a good offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett. But at the same time, like he's not that kind of player I think he once was where he could kind of do it all by himself and he's going to make plays mm. for you but Ben just made the right point there which is in this scheme with this defensive coordinator with this team around him with this offensive line he is going to make an impact just because of the experience he has and what he's done in this league so far sticking with the NFC just for a moment I think the game that I'm actually probably most intrigued about because I think realistically we've only got two really interesting games which is the Texans Colts and the Dolphins Bills in terms of playing games but is there a game more important for the future of two franchises or the future of one franchise than the Bears-Packers? I mean... Great point. I don't think that... If Justin Fields goes out and shits the bed, I think they don't trade away the pick. And I think if he goes out and beats the Packers in Lambeau Field by 10-plus points, 
and rushes for 100 yards, gets DJ Moore 100 yards. How on earth are they going to flip this narrative and suggest that Fields shouldn't be the starting quarterback next season, considering that the Bears stadium was filled with we want Fields chance last week? And can you ever think of a game where one team needs a win to get into the playoffs, the other team is eliminated, yet actually it's more important for the team that can't make the playoffs. Like there is more at stake this week. Cause I think if the, if the Packers win, I'm going to call it now, the Packers are not going to win the Super Bowl. I think there are, there are teams, there are teams better than them in the NFC. I don't think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. So they might be one and done in the playoffs, which is, you know, which is great. Um, they're a very young team. They're rebuilding to make the playoffs in the first year of that is, is a success tick. Nice. But it doesn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things, whereas the performance from the Bears could well be what sets the direction for the next five to ten years. You're absolutely right. Justin feels the fans want him, the players want him. Do the organization want him? Who knows? We'll know a lot more by the end of this game. I think you're absolutely right, Ollie. The like if they if he if he has a really good game, it's then very difficult to move on especially because you could you could trade that pick away and get all this draft capital and the bears have quietly become a pretty good team like at the start of the season i whenever anyone asked me how many games will the bears win and i was saying seven or eight and people were like oh that's quite pessimistic and i thought i was like no 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 that's that's a significant leap now whatever happens this week i'll have been proved correct on that however i feel like i've been completely wrong on it because I said seven and eight at the start of the season, and then they started and they looked like the worst team in the league. They looked ridiculously bad. So I felt that I was way off and that this was a team that was still crumbling and still hadn't been rebuilt. But they've been good. Like they've won seven games, but there's three games that they threw away in ridiculous fashion. If they'd won those, and, you know, lots of ifs, if they'd won those, this is comfortably a playoff team. Mm. That's wild. So you take out things like the bizarre drop that, you know, DJ Moore, when he he caught that Hail Mary and then managed to kick the ball away in the end zone. (laughs) Those are just such flukes that they, you know, they don't, they don't come around. They've just had these fluky plays that that have lost them games that the idea that a load of people might lose their jobs because of those fluky plays Seems kind of crazy. So I, I mean, I I can actually I can see the Bears beating the Packers. I don't think there's a lot between the Bears and the Packers at all. And and it's great to hear. And by the way, for for what it's worth, it's a no brainer they go with Fields, even if he has a bad day against Green Bay. It's mm. not as if they're dealing. It's it's not as if they're mm. dealing with Desmond Ritter. What do we do? Fields is it's strong enough. They'll get a deal done. Just to Ben's point, there's so much leverage they can get from that pick to that will push them over the line next season with Fields. But they've got the rookie contract. The rookie contract is another thing that they're gonna have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. But 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 they have a huge amount of of cap space anyway. And if they are gaining a load of draft capital, that means they're getting a lot of high-level rookies. And to have a team with a lot of high-level young players is a super cheap way to run a franchise. Because if you can stock up with really good young players, you can easily afford a a high-level quarterback. So 
the money the money is there i think it's a little bit of a red herring this idea of like the of the rookie contract of you've got to you know you, the window the window's only open when you've got that that cheap deal you've still got to stock the roster mm. so yeah it's great if you can make that run on the rookie quarterback deal but there's 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 a, there's a lot more at play i mean that to me it's a, it's a no brainer that's what they should do mm. and Ollie, i don't know if you were disagreeing in the you you think the organization don't see it as a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I, I personally yeah. would backfield, although I still think he misses some open throws. I think his passing game has still got quite a lot of improvement to see. But at the same time, like I think that when you have someone of Justin Fields and when you see the state of the quarterbacks in the NFC, I don't see why you would take the risk when you've already got yeah. someone like Fields who yeah. can win you football games, as we've seen. And he's had a different offensive coordinator every year. So each year, here's a new system. Here's a new system. And each yep. time he grows into that system. Yep. Like the offense now compared with the first month and a half of the season is like night and day. And, yeah. and imagine found this season as well, and I'm not writing off Bryce Young, but it's not this. Everyone's jumping to conclusions that, oh, whoever takes Caleb Williams, whoever takes the number one pick is going to is gonna have a, you know, a sure thing, Joe Burrow, Andrew Luck. And we know that isn't always the case, right? So, yeah, yeah. I think. I think there's value. The Green Bay, though, I think are going to win this game. I mean, I'm not. I didn't. Yeah, I do. I think they're going to take care of business. I think Jordan Love's been playing brilliantly, and I think they'll 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 take care of business. I, do, I mean, I think it's a hell of a spoiler for the Bears, right? And and so it's like really looking forward to it. And you're spot on, Propo. It's such an intriguing game to watch. But I think Green Bay will take it. I think they'll take care of. Business. I think it's interesting. I think Jordan Love, um, by the way, has been underappreciated for his performance so far this season. Yep. Thirty touchdowns, eleven interceptions, and also I think that if they make the playoffs, I, one person that no one's really mentioned in this conversation, despite us having a talk about it, about who's going to be the coach of the year every week. Matt LaFleur, they don't have one pro bowler. They don't have one pro bowler. You don't think they have a star. They had Jar Alexander. He's not a pro. He hasn't been playing to that standard this season. I know they're playing in the NFC. I know they're not necessarily playing in the best division. But when you take into account that they essentially have a rookie quarterback who hasn't played a full season before, everyone kind of wrote them off at the beginning of the season. Aaron Jones has been injured throughout the season. Christian Watson has been injured throughout the season, who are the only two sort of bona fide stars on that offense. Yeah. The way they're utilizing Jaden Reed, both in sort of jet sweeps and in the passing game, has been sublime. And I think the coaching deserves a lot of credit it especially because Matt LaFleur and this offensive side of the ball have had to overcompensate for how horrendous Joe Barry is on the other side of the ball as defensive coordinator so I think Matt I, LaFleur deserves a bit more credit I'm only going to disagree with one with one thing you've said and I'm that is simply to discount the idea that they've not had a pro bowler because now more than ever pro bowl selections are just popularity contests true which 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 team social media uh guys have been able to do the best job with leveraging all of that stuff it is an absolute nonsense the pro bowl itself is a ridiculous clown show and the only thing worse than the pro bowl events itself is the voting so you're you're right matt has done an amazing job with a really young roster i'm still not quite there on jordan love he is not surrounded by stars and it's a super young team, but they've, they've come a hell of a long way since the start of the season. I get that pro bowl narrative, but name me a star on that green Bay team. No, the no, only I person agree. you no, could I agree. think is Rashawn Gary. That's the yeah, only no, person you could potentially say should be a pro bowler. I totally agree. I just want to throw away this idea of like, no, I agree. Packed with pro bowlers or that sort of thing. There's no sensible voting that goes on. It's not like being selected for all pro. They've, they haven't got any all pros either, but yeah, great coaching job and it's going to be that that division is going to be so interesting next season we'll we'll talk about it more in the off season but you know teams that have the arrow pointing up you'd say the bears the packers the lions 
But the Vikings, if if they had decent quarterback play this season, this is a playoff team. Yeah. So th- there's something to be said for like these words are going to come out of my mouth. There's something to be said for the NFC North being the best division in the conference. Yeah. Oh, the opiates are kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> um, just sticking with the uh, the NFC North, though, as you just said, have maybe outside of Christian McCaffrey last season, but going back to the Bears, can anyone remember a more impactful mid-season signing, sort of the Montez sweat? Listen to these stats. He arrived in Chicago week nine. The Bears are second in EPA per play on defense in week nine onwards. They were 30th weeks one to eight. Bears had 10 sacks weeks one to eight, fewest in the NFL. They already have 19 since with one game to go. Uh, the Bears interceptions in the first nine games, six. The Bears interceptions in the past seven games, 16. It just seems like just having that kind of piece has completely transformed the way that this Bears defense has been able to play. Is Everfree's calling all the defensive plays still? He's he is now re- yeah he's in he's heavily involved in it all. He was hands off at the start of the season. However, I do think the addition to Montez addition of Montez Sweat is the is the key piece in that puzzle. Mm. You you can't win games without a pass rush, and the Bears did not have a pass rush. And it was really intriguing when they made that signing because teams that are looking to start a rebuild don't go and bring in an expensive free agent at that point and that sends a message that no 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 we're not tanking yeah we are trying to win games and build from here on out great point. and there was a lot of talk will they be able to get the deal done with him otherwise it's a because they really whiffed on the chase claypool deal and that was still in a lot of people's minds montez sweat has been the absolute opposite he has helped transform that defense and just shows you cannot win games without a pass rush uh, okay, three quick things to say on the back of that. Brilliant five minutes back and forth between you two. Firstly, I would love it if Jair Alexander rocked up at the Pro Bowl for the coin toss. And <laughs> 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 just suit up, suit up for the NFC. We did talk about the you talked about the Pro Bowl being a clown show, Benny. I I think we talked about this earlier on in the season. Just take the Pro Bowl to ridiculous extremes and have Tyreek racing a cheetah. And yep. I just, I really want to build that out. So I'm gonna fire that out to the gang at the NC show, whatever platform you're following us on, on social, if we're taking the Pro Bowl to absurd degrees, what should we be enjoying and looking forward to? I definitely want to see stars racing, animals, uh, but what else? Fire in your questions and we'll build in the Pro Bowl week, we'll build our own alternative Pro Bowl. A uh, vaccine debate between Travis Kelsey and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Love that. That's <laughs> going to go on like giant 40 feet flints. That's yeah. how we're going to do That's how we're going to do that. Um, and the third, last but not least, you mentioned that the Pro Bowl has become a popularity contest. Ben, you're absolutely right. Um, so is the Sports Podcast Awards. We Ooh. are nominated. See what I did there. We're nominated Love as it. Best NFL Show vote for us please i know a lot of you already have we've pushed stuff out on social and massively appreciate everyone who's done that already and has told us let us know that you've had our back on that we'll keep on firing the link out propo we'll put it in the show notes as well we'll get it out there just hop on it takes about 30 seconds have you both voted for us yeah of course and Ollie, Ollie definitely if, has if <laughs> you're if you're listening to this don't forget <laughs> if if this show wins yeah you, you win as well like uh, every nice. single every single listener nice is involved in this this is a true homegrown independent production and we do it because we have such great listeners i where the interactions that we have with the listeners on this show we have the best listeners of any nfl podcast anywhere hands down like, thank you so much to everybody whether you voted or not for just putting this podcast in that position you are the absolute best and we would love to 
win this award for you. I hope it's still kicking. It's kicking. You know. <laughs> Am I if not we, meant to mix them with alcohol? It would be weird. Ben's definitely doing the acceptance speech. <laughs> Just six Jack and Cokes in. Oh, no, spot on, Benny. I, lo- I love that. And you're spot on with that. Echoing my sentiments actually over over the Christmas period when I said it almost word for word, exactly the same thing. So I'm I'm with you. I know propos as well. We massively appreciate that. Um, and yeah, get behind us. You never know. We might um, just we might just stick it on the inside rail like the Rams and the Bucks have this season. Can I can I can I criticize something that the like the two of you got into over the Christmas period as well? Oh god. All right, where... you know what? Hold that thought, Ben, because we're gonna take a quick break. Talk about suspense. <laughs> okay, okay. We're gonna have a quick break. I wonder where the hell this is gonna go. When we come back, most importantly, we're gonna have Ben laying into me and Propo. We're gonna have the boys drew locks of the week, our Akka which crashed and burned last week. We've yeah. got to get back on the saddle there. Um, our Peter Mopale, of course. And we're going to be picking our DraftKings Team of the Week for FFS as well. That is all coming up right after this. Welcome back to the Nat Coombs Show. It is Fitzdale's Edge Rush. Propo, Ben Isaacs in the house. We left you on a on a bombshell cliffhanger. Here's Ben Isaacs. Come on, you're going to take umbrage at something that me and Propo got into over Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Because you took the opportunity while I was unable to record with you last week to kind of criticize the fact that I or we have included my college locks yes. in my overall record. Now, yeah. I am including in that record, which is what, 12, 3 and 1? I want to say. Yeah. Well, hang on, we pick, we're talking about the, the bowl picks you gave us. Are they going to... No, now, now. I, I'll cover that in just one second. Disaster. I, I am including any picks... On the podcast. That I have been yeah. based on the pot Exactly. Now, mm. I... Off, offline, for those, for, you, for those of you listening who are not in the WhatsApp group, yeah. offline, I was asked to, <laughs> to provide some bowl picks... And I, do, I generally don't like picking bowl games because you don't know who's going to play. You don't know who's motivated. You don't know who's moving on. And they were bad. Now, the only one that I felt was a proper game was uh, Texas-Washington in terms of ones that I picked. And I got that one completely wrong. I've had no faith in Washington and I'm going to have to start eating my words. But for picks made on this podcast, I feel we have to include those college ones because those were made. And plus I've been trying to make it so that my numbers are as close to yours in terms of total, not in terms of wins, obviously. Oh, right. Yeah. That's total yeah, sure. Because maybe I should even make a bonus Drew Lock this oh, week. Here so we we've go. all okay, picked yeah. 18. Fine. Good maybe. with that. You could have bonus Drew Locks. Has Ben involved. turned into a politician since I we... Uh... I think he has. I think Ben is going to be standing for the reform party. In the, uh, Just because I'm election. using drugs doesn't mean yeah. I'm a politician. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, it's a fair argument, Ben. To, to be honest, and I guess the the inverse of we talk all regularly, particularly me, of all the great picks that I've made that I didn't give out on the pod that landed. Um, ben doing that, all the picks he didn't give out the pod that crashed and burned, burned is the uh, diametric opposite there, which is basically what happened in bowl season. But to be fair, Ben, you've given us some fantastic uh, college picks, so it's kind of level that. Speaking of leveling out, am I below five hundred again? Probably you're below five hundred. Oh, God, yeah, and in the, in the 
the picks contest for the for the wider show picks contest, I had the worst week <laughs> in history. So I've have I lost the lead in that now? Yeah, you've lost the lead to me. I didn't even realize until uh, someone messaged me on Tuesday morning about that, which was and also I was thinking like, oh, I must have had an amazing week. And I was like, I was looking through it and I was like, no, Nat just had an absolute <laughs> capitulation. <laughs> he had an absolute mid-season crisis. Oh God. So I've been leading the picks contest from week one. This is where we pick all the games, well, most of the games anyway, all the Sunday games, right? And what do we pick Sunday and Monday? We don't pick Thursday night football. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I've been leading it all season long and now I'm going to blow it. I'm going to blow it the final because this is a nightmare to pick. Although that'll, that'll be fun. It's quite mm. fun that we're now down to week 18. Although we're going to go into the playoffs yeah, as well. So we've still got time. Um, but yeah, so I crashed a burn on that. I'm now below 500 in in the Drew Locks, which means that, of course, Coco and Pebbles are going to be... Uh, Going to be keeping a very keen eye on how how the next few weeks go. At a decent end of season last year, didn't I? So I'm hoping I can reclaim that. Propo, you are now you're rallying pretty hard, aren't you? No, so, last week we had, and I also I also want to talk about Carl yeah. Coulson massively criticising me on the podcast, saying it's again so easy to say post game that's an awful pick. Why the hell did you pick the over in the Buccaneers Saints game? And obviously, I realised pretty swiftly into that game that backing Baker Mayfield in that situation is just the wrong thing to do. And I remember on the podcast speaking through and being like, I should just take the Saints here. Baker's definitely yeah. going to have a meltdown. There's yeah. no way. The moment I said through. it, your face, yeah. the colour drained from your face. Yeah, By the way, I was just on myself. that note, yeah. on the Carlson note, I actually want to do a bit of forensic. Somebody out there, the gang, can help us with this. Let's do a bit of a forensic deep dive on Carlson's, his equivalent of the Drew, his Drew Locks, his favourite picks of the week. I don't think they're going very well. No, you I don't think they're going very well. Joe, I do with Carlson. He's like, oh, I was nine of twelve, but my but my favorite pick of the week, and then explains how it was a bad beat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Carlson is well under five hundred. One hundred percent. No, I'm so I'm nine and eight. Obviously, Ben, as we've already said, is twelve, three and one. Had a good prop bets though last week. Went three and zero with the prop bets, so that was all good. This week. Prop bets is just like insane because you have no idea really who's going to play. So you kind of only have to focus on the games that mm. are being played. I think there's a lot being read into about incentives in this week. I yeah. think it's all about people earning a certain amount of money. I've been reading quite a lot into it. And as much as I probably promoted it in the last couple of years, I think the uh, the significance of those incentives is falling away rapidly because teams generally, if you're sort of 15 yards away from that payout, I think teams, as much as it's a business and it's the NFL, are likely to pay that out anyway. And I don't think they're going to change their game scripts just to make sure that certain people get a certain amount of yards. That being said, like the ones that I do think will happen is like, there's no reason that if they're not going to play Cup, Stafford or Donald, the only reason the coup is starting for the Rams is so that you can get that 25 yards or 29 yards, is it, to get the, the record, rookie receiving yeah. record. So like yeah. those are the kinds of things that are likely and obviously the Gronk Brady's the famous one in terms of getting those incentives but I don't think there's mm. as much significance as some people on Twitter slash X are probably suggesting okay love that uh deep dive uh analysis because it's a great point um adding to the complexity I guess of picking picking week 18 let's because we got a lot of ground to cover now so let's get your Drew Lock of the week Ben which way are you going shock or the double Drew Locks, right? You're going to be. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do the. I'm going to do the double Drew Lock. I'm going to mm. do it. So, um, first off, you you generally don't go wrong picking against the Carolina Panthers, and <sighs> there's a lot to be said for the Panthers right now, and they've improved. And Baker Mayfield has potentially got a rib injury. He's got a Ben Isaacs, but mm. I really, I really think that I really think the Bucks are going to cover reasonably comfortably against Carolina Panthers. I don't think the Bucks are great. But the line I've seen is four and a half. I think I think this is going to be at least a touchdown uh, in favor of the Bucks. 
I'm really confident that okay. they're going to win and get in the playoffs. That's my that's my main block. My bonus. Mm. My bonus. And Ollie's got this big grin on his face <laughs> because he knows yeah. what's coming. Oh yeah. He knows what's coming. What is the most what is the most Ben Isaac's Drew Lock that could possibly be this week? Ollie, why don't you just tell them what my Drew Lock will be? Yes, of course. I mean, basically, we managed to get to week 18. Ben has an incredible record of 12-3-1. But is there a more Ben Isaacs week than him doubling down on Drew Locks by betting against the Commanders and the Panthers? Literally, he's <laughs> betting against the two comfortably worst teams in the NFL at this moment in time. Taking Tampa Bay, taking the Dallas Cowboys, minus 13. The Washington Commanders actually haven't covered the spread at home. I was thinking, oh, maybe Commanders, obviously Cowboys bad on the road. But as bad as the Cowboys are on the road, the Commanders are at home. So it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I said my Drew Lock of the Week is that Ben's Drew Lock of the Week will be the Cowboys <laughs> minus 13 again. Yeah. yeah. The Commanders yeah, play, players, players playing for contract. Jeopardy, I know. Like, it's, as it's, well a, it's, a big, it's a big line. It's a big mm. line. And if I was doing only one Drew Lock, I'd have taken the Bucks. But I want to have fun with this. I know this is this is like my signature game. This feels like mm. the most Ben Isaacs pick. And I was really, I was really considering it. And then when when Ollie described that uh, as his Drew Lock, him picking me, picking that, I thought, yeah, I've it's I've got to make up. that a bonus one. I the commanders are terrible. I think there will be motivation because Ron Rivera is not the sort of guy that's just going to you know shrug his shoulders and be like, I don't care. But there's just not enough talent on that team, and I think my my only worry is <laughs> is that Dallas will get a lead and then start resting people, and then there'll be a backdoor cover from Washington. But I don't see that happening. I think I think this is going to be. A, a pretty sad blowout. Do you know what I want to see on that is about midway through the first quarter after Dallas have already racked up three touchdowns and it looks like it's a blowout. You suddenly, the lights go out and that's Del Rio's music. <laughs> Jack Del Rio <laughs> walks in for one last hurrah. Takes control. They hand him the, they hand him the tablet and he brings, <laughs> he brings that Washington defense back into the game. That's what I want to say. <laughs> That's I think the only that's... other fear is the Sam Howell heater game. You know, we've had a couple Ooh, of those yeah. this season where he just he just actually plays really well and doesn't just turn the ball over and get sacked a million times. If that if that comes out here, he's essentially playing for his job as well or playing for a job in the NFL in this game as well. So that's the only obvious obvious issue. And speaking of which, the the old player backing a team um, against uh, who have got something to play for against a team who doesn't has been actually refuted in a stat I found. Since 1990, eliminated teams playing teams that need to win over the final two weeks of the regular season have gone have hit at 61%. So you're more likely to cover the spread if you've been eliminated than if you have something to play for, which I guess is a, an indictment on the value that you get because everyone will be backing the teams that have got something to play for for that very reason. Mm, okay. And also, a lot of those teams that have something to play for at this point of the season are not the best teams. They're teams that are fighting to get into the playoffs because they haven't been good enough to already clinch. We've got to get your Drew Lock propo. We've got to rattle through because we've got the Drew Lock, Speedman Parley, Manilaka. Have you picked the, the DraftKings team as you said you would, Propo? Definitely uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got one ready to go if oh, you need it. Love that. This is what I love about all pro Ben Isaacs. This is why he's like the Matthew Slater. Like Belichick said Matthew Slater is the concept, is the perfect NFL professional. Ben Isaacs, he is the perfect NFL broadcaster. Like, that's exactly oh, I want you to reflect on this moment. I want you to think about <laughs> this after the show. Just go away. 
as a as a just go away just just, just go away just go away pause <laughs> just go away and sit in a darkened room and just think about the difference right now professionally between you and ben isaacs just in that yes. moment alone yeah okay. i will do especially ben um, isaacs on opiates as well so this team could be really funky he's gonna he's gonna be ben picking isaacs. players haven't played since 2006 <laughs> in this team it'll be ben's picked it with chat gpt and it's gonna go it's gonna go oh hey god ben put it put ask chat gpt to pick a team Right, let's see, see if you can do. see if you can, or at least, yeah, if you cut, we're on the fence on a couple of players, so we'll do a Ben Chat GPT team. Uh, all right, Propo, your Drew Lock of the Week. So, not only have you made me feel bad going into picking this for forgetting to pick the DraftKings team, <laughs> Sorry, but man. I am feeling doubly as bad because basically, I was going to take the Tennessee Titans. Nat, you also mentioned that. Yeah. Um, they were at plus five and a half when I went to bed last night. It has now dropped to three and a half. And I think you've lost a bit of value there, considering that we don't really know as it stands Friday morning whether Trevor Lawrence is going to play. I'm not sure that how much of a difference that will make, considering how banged up Lawrence has looked when he has played. And Bethard obviously looked pretty decent. But when you consider how bad this Titans offensive line is, no matter if you've got Will Levis or Ryan Tanner, Hill playing quarterback I think going up against Josh Allen and this Jags pass rush is is an issue and I think that that those two points that we've lost overnight have affected the extent to which I will take the Tennessee Titans as my Drew Lock. I was fortunate enough to get them at five and a half I might take them again at three and a half I do like them we could potentially put them in the Peterman parlay but I'm just not going to put them as my Drew Lock. but what makes me feel even worse now is I was reassessing my picks and what I was potentially going to go with and uh I'm going back to the NFC South I'm going to take I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons plus three against the New Orleans Saints and I can't believe I'm doing it but if you look at if you look at this Dennis (laughs) Allen coach teams are four Mm. 16 and two against the spread going into this week four Mm. 16 and two the Saints are two and five against the spread at home this season Carr with the Saints is two, eight, and one against the spread as a favorite. Wow. Basically, whenever an NFC South team is the favorite, you bet against them because you yep. never because that's just not the position that these teams should be taking up. The, like the Saints last week, even what's the spread? The spreads are plus three, so the, the three, Falcons okay. are catching three points. And I think the Falcons match up relatively well with this Saints team. And as I've said, the Carr and the Saints are the worst team in the red zone I have seen for a long time. And I think that you've obviously got Jesse Bates playing lights out for the Falcons in the secondary. I think he can lock down the receiving threats that the Saints have. And as much as I think there's an element of unpredictability with the NFC South, and that's why I have caution going into it with my Drew Locke, I just think that that unpredictability is exactly why you take the underdog in these games. And especially when you're catching three points, this game is going to be close. It's going to be tight. And I think that when you get three points for the Falcons or the Saints, either way, if I'd got the Saints getting three points or if I got the Falcons getting three points, I was just going to take that number because of how tight this division is just because of how poor these teams are they're not the kind of teams that can blow out the each other or blow out anyone for that matter that being said as i said the unpredictability is obviously a concern and there could we could be texting me at 6 30 being like the saints 21 nil up as they were last week being like what have we done but at the same time like i think just in terms of value in terms of what we've seen so far from the season for the saints i need to take the falcons when you're getting this number propo i love the brave I love the kahunas that you were, de- <laughs> you were demonstrating here. I mean, and it's it's a really, I didn't have any idea just quite how stacked those num- numbers were against Allen, against Carr, against against the Saints. I was surprised actually at mm. just how uh, extreme those numbers are. So I love it. And this is what Propo does week in, week out, deep dives into the data, the analytics, the, the science, the mathematics behind it. Um, 
So I'm going to be all over that as well. Proper if you're confident, I'm confident on that. Love that. Love that. Let's ride the Taylor Heineke bandwagon all the way, all the way to the back. I love it. Yeah. Um, the other ones are like, I, I wasn't going to make a Drew Lock on a game that um, I thought um, like, yeah, it doesn't really have anything to play for because I think we don't really, no one's going to be watching those games anyway. But if anyone wants a little bit of a reason to pay attention, I think the Bengals could tear apart the Browns this week. It's a seven point spread, mm. but I think it's all of the Browns backups. The reason why the Browns are so good is because of their playmakers, because of Miles Garrett. If you take away all of their stars, what are they left with? Whereas the Bengals have been playing with their backups for the past six weeks. So I think that they, they've got momentum going into this game and the Bengals will want to put performance on, especially because this could be T Higgins and Tyler Boyd's last game for the Bengals. Jamar Chase mm. came, even came out and said how sort of significant of a moment that could be because of the memories they've made together and obviously the, the performances they put on the field together. So I like the Bengals to go off in this game a little bit of heart overhead there as well and the other one is this this is magic but don't you just think after what we've seen from the Chiefs all season long what happens if you take away Patrick Mahomes are they not just going to be god awful are they just not going to be horrendous so I'm taking Eastern Stick and the LA Chargers going up (laughs) against the Kansas City Chiefs taking leg three and a half points because I just I can't what's the total on this I mean 35 and a half 35 I might actually do the follow the unders king of Plumpton and go under on this um Gabbert Stick like I said at the top definitely the match I'm most excited about um love all of that right let's get um propos prop bets of the week and then we're going to do a money line travel Peter and Parlay and then Ben's going to take it away with our FFS team of the week. So, so to confirm, you're taking the Bills two and a half as your Drew Lock of the Week. Yeah, that is that my Drew Lock of the Week. Bills okay. two and a half confirmation. Let's Going go back against to this team. That's, a, that's an emotional hedge there. It is a tough one. Hey, we made the playoffs. We're not too worried about it. Speaking of that game, uh, my first prop bet is James Cook over two and a half receptions. As I said, the Bills offense has completely changed since Joe Brady's taken over. It's a lot more focused on the run and the short passing game. Less good for Stefan Diggs, but good news for James Cook. And despite him only having one reception against the Pats, I like Buffalo to attempt and replicate what the Ravens did with Justin hill utilizing the running back in the passing game so i like cook over this number again another thing that i've already mentioned justin fields over 53 and a half rushing yards the packers are a team that allowed 70 odd rushing yards to tommy devito so i like this number tommy for DeVito. justin fields i love the fact that fields is essentially playing for his job going up against his team's arch rival in a game where you could potentially prevent said arch rival from making the playoffs Fields still makes some questionable throws so i expect him to go to his playmaking ability with his legs to prove why chicago should back him and not draft a quarterback and the last one is a game we have a mentioned Kenneth Walker over 55 and a half rushing yards. Seahawks Cardinals is a battle of the two worst rushing defenses in the NFL. And whilst all the attention is on James Conner and Arizona after that win against the Eagles last week, I really like this number for Kenneth Walker. Last three games, the Cards have averaged 161 yards rushing yards allowed. And we saw Walker back to his best against Pittsburgh last week, despite the game script going against him. Give me Kenneth Walker over 55 and a half rushing yards. Love your work, Propo. How the hell are we going to pick on money line treble in this chaotic. I know. Week. I mean, would we have to well let's let's actually just pull our pull our resource and play to our Drew Locks, right? That that mm. kind of makes the most sense, doesn't it, right? I think Potentially, the one game that I think we should we should talk about as well, just briefly, and, and maybe mention it in this ACA, which could give us the juice, and then we could potentially put the uh, the Bucks and the Cowboys in there because this game mm. would essentially put us over five hundred uh, over yeah um, evens anyway. Texans Colts obviously a playing game. Yeah, everything I'm reading is in favor of the Texans. The game is the Colts are currently catching one point, so it's essentially a pick'em. Mm. I think the Houston Texans match up really well. CJ Stroud, obviously going up against the secondary, should have time as well, despite what we've seen from the Colts. Um, 
defensive line against weak offensive lines. They haven't necessarily done it when going up against a good offensive lines. Mm. I think obviously no Tank Dell still. They might not have Noah Brown for this game. That's a big effect, but I still think they can get enough with Schultz and with um, uh, Nico Collins, who I think yeah. had a huge game. He had over 100 yards against them when they played in week two. I'm leaning towards CJ Stroud. I'm leaning towards him completely exploiting the secondary. I love what Will Anderson Jr. has been doing on this defensive line. The Colts defensive lines could be banged up as well. So that's one to keep an eye on. I'm leaning Texans, but it just scares me again because it feels like everyone's leaning Texans. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's still a pick em. I I hear you. I have a feeling that could be a big game for Taylor. Like, oh, I mean, I I... It, there are absolute parallels, as you say, between that Buffalo and Miami game. That everyone, everyone and his dogs on the Texans, mm, dangerous. What do, what do we want to do? What do we want to do, Benny? What do we want to do with the money line travel? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like Jonathan Taylor in this spot. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of your fantasy Colts. team. All right, um, you're leaning Colts as well. I don't know where that leaves us. All okay, right, no, gonna if go... you guys are leaning Colts, I'm, if you both are leaning Colts, I'm happy oh, not heavily. Like no, 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 um, no, 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 not heavily. Right, okay, right, but so we're gonna put. We're going to put the bucks in there, right? Because Benny's got them as a lock for his for the to cover. So we should put the bucks in. Yeah. The obvious one is Bucks Cowboys Eagles, isn't it? But uh, bucks, the Eagles, Cow- Eagles. The, I'm happy to put Cincinnati. I'm I'm re- I am confident that okay. Cincinnati win this game. Let's put Cincinnati in. Yeah, okay, I like so that. We're going to put Cincinnati. We're going to put uh, the Bucks, and then who else? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is difficult. It is a difficult where else. I mean, do you take the... I, I mean, I personally think the Denver Broncos could go and beat the Raiders in the Stidham Revenge game. Do we think the Detroit mm. Lions, after that emotional loss last week, are just going to go out and completely obliterate the Minnesota Vikings? But obviously the Lions don't necessarily have that much playing for them. As I said, the seahawks Cardinals game is fascinating considering that neither teams are able to stop the run. But from what we see in Seahawks and Cardinals recent weeks, I, I, would, I, I would be happy to take the Seahawks to be honest with you, I think that people are slightly, I don't think you're ever going to be. They uh, need they need the win to give them any kind of shot, right? So they're going to go and play hard. I like that. Yeah, I like, I'm happy with that. They were they were up there for my Drew Locks. I really okay. like the Seahawks. All right. So we're saying Seahawks. Bengals, Bucks. Seahawks, Bengals, Bucks. There we go. That is our money line treble. Right. What about our Peter Mapale? Even harder to <laughs> yeah. work out. Well, so I've really looked at the NFC North here and I'm I'm putting the Vikings and Bears in. Like it. Um, and then it was a, then it was a little bit tricky from that point on. Um, so I've kind of tried to make life a bit easier for myself, and they are the underdogs. Uh, I've picked the Miami Dolphins. Interesting. I think obviously with Nat picking the Bills as his Drew Lock of the Week, I'm not sure <laughs> we should ne- necessarily take the Dolphins in our okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. In that case, in that case. Why don't we put, considering that me and Nat were going to make them our Drew Lock of the Week anyway, despite the fact that we've lost the number, let's put the Titans plus three and a half slash plus four. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Great idea. So let's take the Titans plus four. Let's take the Bears plus three, maybe by a point there and say three and a half. And then the Minnesota Vikings plus three and a half as well. I like that. I think that, the, as I said, the Tennessee Titans, I like them in this spot. Did you see, um, did any of you see the press conference when uh, someone mentioned to Mike Rabel about tanking? What did he say? I've never seen more disgust on a face <laughs> in my entire life. He on, honestly was, he, he looked at him as if he was, he killed his mother or something like he was just like, I mean, Vrabel is as big of a football guy as you're ever going to get. So I think he is, they're the ultimate spoiler. I feel like the Tennessee Titans mm. going into a game where the Jacksonville got a play in game. Yeah. I just feel like Mike Vrabel is, is got as mo- much motivation as any coach going into this week. That's Love the that. sort of reaction I'd have had if you had said, Oh, are you going to overlook 
the Cowboys over Commanders this week? Ah, uh, similar. You, I mean, there are so many, many similarities between you and Mike Vrabel, Ben. <laughs> I don't know where to begin. You and Antonio Brown, you and Vrabel. Right. Done and done and done. That is our, those are our picks, I should say, for the final regular week of the season. Regular, or week of the, I'll get there in the end one again. The final week of the regular season. But of course, we're rolling at Josh all the way through the playoffs to the Super Bowl. And beyond, of course, because we're on the show year round. A lot of exciting stuff planned for the off season, by the way. I'm just going to trail that. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel yet? A lot more of you have. Oh, that reminds me. I've got to give a shout out. Seb told me, didn't he? Uh, on our WhatsApp group, because Seb has, uh, of course, uh, ably runs our social media through the week. Shout out to Seb. Um, he has said, um, and actually just running through our WhatsApp group chat. Thank you, Ben, for referring to my picks capitulation as a Falcons blowing the 28-3 Super Bowl lead. I'd forgotten that. <laughs> so appreciate that. Um, the, um, the, here we go. A message from Seb. Um, because a lot of you are following us, subscribing to us on YouTube, which we massively appreciate. If you haven't, the NC show, that's how you find us. The NC show on YouTube, lots of video from the show. We're going to start releasing bonus video, extra content as we build and build and build our YouTube channel as well. Uh, and Paul Squires, we want to give a shout out to because Paul Squires, uh, the listener that has followed us this week that Seb has pulled out randomly of a hat and said, big up, thanks. Appreciate that support. And things are going to get better and better because our friends at USA Sports, we're going to be teaming up with and be running some special competitions for our YouTube subscribers. So to be in it to win it, you got to go and subscribe to us on YouTube. More information about that competition or those competitions with USA Sports and winning merch next week. Big shout out to Paul Squires. I salute you, sir. Thank you for the support. Right. Speaking of our friends, USA Sports, one of the free competitions to win, uh, you can win rather, on our DraftKings uh, Listener League. There are three contests, two free to enter, one where the high rollers like Propo hang out. The room where the whales are, that's five bucks to enter. But the other two are free and one of them is run by our friends, USA Sports. You can win merch. Uh, and all you got to do is sign up to our Listener League, enter a team with a salary cap, Put your team in, play against me, Propo and Ben, and our show team. See how you get on. Right, Benny, you've been taking the reins. So what are you saying? Yeah, and I did ask ChatGPT for some advice, and ChatGPT's first suggestion was Joe Burrow at quarterback. So at that point, I thought, I'm not going to listen to ChatGPT's uh, DFS advice. Instead, I've gone with one of the most iconic quarterbacks in uh, this show's history. I'm going with Drew Locke. Drew nice Locke of the Seahawks is gonna is gonna be Love our it. DFS quarterback. Um, at running back we've got James Connor and Rashawn White. Um, wide receiver I've gone Calvin Ridley, Demarcus Robinson, and I'm on Amon said, my God, can I start this again? <laughs> no, 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 we're definitely keeping that in. But are you talking are we about... we going to play in the current? Armand Ross St. Brown. That's what I'm go. talking about. Oh, my word. Um, a tight end, Dallas Goddard, and I've got in the flex... Jordan Mason, because I was I was thinking, well, someone's got to get those carries that uh, CMC isn't going to get. And then my defense special teams is the commanders because I had no money left. I, that, um, I mean, on so many levels, I love this team. I love the fact you got Drew Locke. I love the fact you ran out of money, which is obviously what happens to me every week, which is why we've had a mixed success. Um, Cropo. Um, do you know, Drew Locke's not playing, Ben. What? <laughs> do, you, do, you know, do you know Smith played last week? Do you know Smith is fit? Oh, How God. much did you get Drew Lock for then on the on the platform? Uh, four eight. Four eight. Um, okay. You, do you want to? Oh, okay, let's in? go. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. 
Bryce, Bryce Young. Young, I love that. Bryce, Bryce Young. Young and strong. Um, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not hugely confident in this team. I don't know. I don't know so, I mean, to to be fair, to be fair, yeah. I did only do this as a backup in case it was needed. Yeah. Um, and I then I did it, and then I didn't look at who I'd picked um, for about 24 hours. Yeah, you had on his back, to be fair. So I yeah, you did that. exactly. exactly. I've got your uh, back by mentioning that you're about to start a quarterback who actually isn't going to play. <laughs> yes, and I can only yeah. apologise to Armand Ross St. Brown, who is one of the most fun wide receivers in the league, who somehow I could not say his name. Yeah, hey, you still you got there in the end, and I've been there got thousands and thousands of times before. I should point out, incidentally, the winners of our leagues last week, our contest last week, Joe Bradshaw, uh, congratulations to you, Joe, took down uh, the big bucks, $5, where the, where the heavy rollers, the high rollers play. Um, in terms of our free-to-enter league, uh, landing fifty dollars. I dan do that. I dan do that. Huh? See what he did there. Mm-hmm. I love that. And Cy Myers uh, took down the USA Sports one and won a whole load of merch from our friends at USA Sports. So congratulations to all uh, of you three. You can replicate that follow suit by signing up and getting involved automatically. If you enter the contest, you'll be put into the league and you'll be able to do that each and every week. Any money we make, and let's face it unlikely with that team this week but hey you never know it's only better than i've been doing in recent weeks we will give to our show charity of choice shelter and of course we top that up with all the natisms where i chuck five dollars every time i drop a cliche like i don't know simpatico there you go there's another five bucks in the jar uh we total that up and give that uh, out to shelter at the end of the season right i think that is all she wrote from us on this week's show just uh leaves me to give a big shout out to our friends at Fitstairs once again, loving your work, Fitstairs. If you want to take any of Propos Prop Bets of the week, um, that is the place to do it. And if they don't have them listed, just drop them a line uh, on the live chat or call them and they will list uh, any prop bet that you want. Uh, and of course, uh, they are our partner in uh, of choice, supporting us all season long. So if you're going to have some action this week, do it in moderation, gamble responsibly, of course. But if you're going to do it, do it with our pals at Fitstairs because it helps the show uh, and it helps support the show if you do that right. Brilliant work, Ben. Go and lie down for three hours in a flotation chair. I can't chamber. lie down. That's the problem. I can't lie down. That's why I need the tablets. <laughs> oh, All right. Go and get more tablets then. Propo, loving your work. Looking forward to talking to you about week 18 uh, and getting into the playoffs, playoffs next week. Let's go, baby. We're going to roll with that. We're back with Iron Mike on Monday. Uh, we've got lots of shows we're on to the playoffs. Special guests, plenty of your faves coming. So we will see you then, gang. Enjoy. Bye for now. Podcast Network.